It's the Noon Report from Family Life, bringing a Christian worldview to what's happening in New York, Pennsylvania, across the country, and around the world. Weather with Kevin Williams, plus special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening. Shovels ready. Good afternoon. Old Man Winter about to rear his ugly head big time. A messy mix of wintry weather on the way. It will turn from wet to white as day turns tonight. Central New York will see most of it. Winter weather advisories in effect through Wednesday. And then by Friday, the lake effect kicks in. This is going to definitely be an impactful storm that's heading our way. And it's not necessarily because it's just going to be a quick hit out of it. It's just going to be days of it that we're dealing with. of snow and ice could make for some tricky travel, especially for your morning commute. A bigger storm arriving later in the week, downwind of the Great Lakes, and meteorologist Kevin Williams says that's the one he's keeping an eye on. And our friends in the Buffalo area can expect some serious snowfall in the days ahead. Ski country could see in excess of two feet of snow by Sunday. Get ready, it's coming. Overseas, Russian rockets rained down today on several cities in Ukraine. Three residential buildings targeted in the capital, Kiev. Greg Palcott of Fox News. Every region of Ukraine has been struck. Missiles have been seen or detected on radar coming from the east and the south south of this country, including cruise missiles fired from bombers over Russia. Still, Ukraine's president is sounding confident. He told residents in Kherson today that it is the beginning of the end for Russia. The mood here is triumphant, and Ukrainians say recapturing the city shows that they are winning and that victory potentially is close. Correspondent Richard Engel. Donald Trump has a big announcement to make, and he'll make it tonight in a primetime speech at his home in Florida. Will he run? in 2024. Here's what some of you are saying. I don't think he should run. I think there are better candidates out there with less baggage. I think he was a great president. I think he cares a lot about the country. Yeah, I would love to see him in the White House again. I feel like all his legal trouble is going to follow him to this election. I don't think it's a good idea. I think he did a very good job before, and and um, I miss him. I hope he gets reelected, man. I hope he does. He did good for this country. A lot of people don't respect that, but I do. That is what some of you are saying today about a possible third Trump presidential bid. Fox News political analyst Brett Hume. While he maintains real influence within the Republican Party, no two ways about that, but it has begun to fade. It started fading really, I think, after his annex post-election in 2020, that a great many people who were with him perhaps up until then began to move away from him. The outgoing governor of Massachusetts, Charlie Baker. I think one of the messages from the election for Republicans generally is we need as a party to move past President Trump. Family Life News asked Pennsylvania Congressman Glenn Thompson today about the future of Trump and the Republican Party. If he announces he's going to run, there's only one group of people that you can thank for that, and those are the the Democrats that have poked him, have uh, impeached him, have directed the uh, FBI at the higher echelons to raid his home. I really didn't think he was going to run again. It's like, uh, what's the old adage? Don't poke the bear. 
And I think that's what they've done. Will he or won't he? The Trump announcement set for 9 o'clock tonight. Republicans are just a win away from taking control of Congress. They're knocking on the door overnight. Five more races went their way. Today, the GOP expected to elect new leaders for the 118th Congress, and that nominating process could be cantankerous. Texas Congressman Chip Roy. It's time for something different. And to come in here and to continue the status quo isn't acceptable. California Republican Kevin McCarthy is being challenged for the Speaker's gavel by a more conservative faction within the Republican Party and in the Senate. Ted Cruz of Texas also calling for change in GOP leadership. It would be insane if we reelect the same leadership. If we say, hey, everything's good. Keep rowing off the waterfall, crash into the rocks, everything's awesome. Cruz says those leadership posts should remain vacant until after the Georgia runoff in early December. Democrat Katie Hobbs has narrowly defeated former television news anchor Carrie Lake in the Arizona governor's race. Hobbs win another repudiation of Trump-backed candidates, says political pundit Larry Sabato. The problem for Carrie Lake was she was extreme. And her whole ticket of election deniers fit that mold. And it was too much, even for a relatively conservative state. The race could go to a recount if the margin of difference in the final tally is less than half a percent. But it's looking increasingly likely that will not happen. New York Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has filed a bill that would codify gay marriage into federal law. The first votes could happen as soon as tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. The bill would require that someone be considered married in any state as long as the marriage was valid in the state where it was performed. And it would also repeal the 1996 Defense of Marriage Act, which defined marriage as the union of one man and one woman and allowed states to not recognize same-sex marriages performed in other states. Passage in the Senate would require 60 votes to avoid a filibuster. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. All right, Jeremy, thank you. At the G20 today in Bali, President Biden announced a $20 billion deal to wean Indonesia off fossil fuels. Critics say it means nothing so long as China, the world's number one polluter, is allowed to operate with impunity. China puts one-third of the carbon into the atmosphere uh, as the largest emitter. So I guarantee he got no promises from Xi to stop that. Energy expert Jim Hansen. He's completely subservient to Xi and the Chinese Communist Party. You know, even the staging, when they did their photo opportunity, Xi was standing on stage like he owned it, and he called Biden over to him like Biden was his dog. Biden met face-to-face with the Communist leader yesterday. The president skipped a state dinner last night attended by world leaders. The White House says he had a long day. Now to the fallout from the shooting at the University University of Virginia that claimed the lives of three football players. The father of the accused killer has broken his silence. I don't know what to say, uh, except uh, I'm sorry uh, on his behalf, uh, and I apologize. Correspondent Catherine Harridge is more from Charlottesville. Students laid flowers at a makeshift memorial to their classmates. They were really important to the UVA community. As an eyewitness to the shooting comes forward. They just kept coming more and more gunshots. We thought he was going to shoot everyone in the bus. Sophomore Ryan Lynch says the suspect, Christopher Darnell Jones Jr., confronted one of the football players. He was like, you guys are always messing with me. The suspect's father, Christopher Jones Sr., said 
The last time he talked to his son, he seemed paranoid. Jones was captured after a 12-hour manhunt. 10,000 layoffs are coming to Amazon. They could start as soon as this week. Amazon, the latest big tech company to lay off workers. Twitter and Facebook have taken similar action. The UN projects the world's population will hit 8 billion today. Population Institute CEO Kathy Mulger. It took all of human history until about the year 1800 for the world's population to reach 1 billion. And now we're here at 8 billion. Correspondent Scott Carr. Experts say the rise in world population is largely due to longer life expectancies, fewer maternal and child deaths, as well as better health care overall. The 8 billion milestone comes just 11 years after the global population hit the 7 billion mark. India and China are the most populous countries in the world, with over a billion each. I'm Scott Carr. Still to come on the Noon Report, winter weather driving tips. It's even Stephen in the PA house and how schools spend COVID cash. Well, good afternoon to all. Looks like winter-like weather is locking in for the next week or more. I'll have the forecast details, which includes snow that will affect all of our region by tonight. Coming up, we'll see you in 10 minutes. All right, Kevin Williams, thank you. The wintry weather has experts sounding the alarm about proper car maintenance in colder months. (laughs) Brian Siebert's a mechanic from western New York. As soon as the snow hits, everyone forgets and learns to drive in it again and realizes, I need to get my car fixed right now. Car shop owner Stan Komen says nothing matters more than having good tires when those flakes start to fly. He also says, check your windshield wipers, make sure your fluids are topped off, and don't forget the battery. The nature of humans is do things uh, too late, and we never think about it when last week the weather was beautiful. Nobody thought about snow. Nobody thought about preparing your car for winter. Also important, he says, when it comes to wind driving slow down and give yourself plenty of braking distance a lot of us going to be brushing up on our winter driving skills starting tonight rochester new york police say a triple shooting last night was a murder suicide and the woman responsible was a member of the law enforcement community three women found shot to death in a home on coaster street authorities describing it as a domestic related altercation new york's Attorney General Tish James is backing a bid by a transgender student to play girls softball in Indiana. The Hoosier State does not allow biological boys to compete with girls, but James has joined 17 other states in suing Indiana. The New York AG is also cracking down on online retailers who sell ammunition. Nearly 40 vendors in New York have been cited for violating gun control measures. It is illegal to ship ammo directly to home addresses in New York under the Fact. A week after the election, two Pennsylvania House races are still clo- too close to call, and that leaves the balance of power in limbo in Harrisburg. This wasn't on my bingo card for things to look for in the Pennsylvania election this year. 
obviously redistricting played a huge role in this. Election attorney Larry Otter. This could be a 101-101 tie, which would be a colossal mess in trying to reorganize. The first party to reach 102 members will take control of the Pennsylvania House, and neither party is there yet. Republican Brandon Williams has been elected to represent New York's 22nd Congressional District. That includes the city of Syracuse. Williams, a conservative Christian, defeated Democrat Francis Canole in a close contest to replace the retiring John Katko. New York Democrats are calling for changes in state leadership. Family Life's Tracy Lynn has that story. Yeah, it seems the too-close-for-comfort 5% margin in the governor's race between Kathy Hochul and challenger Lee Zeldin and the loss of several races have some Democrats seeking to replace party chairman Jay Jacobs. Yesterday, Hochul said she still supports Jacobs, yet more work needs to be done. Republicans in the Empire State will be getting a new party chairman as current chair Nick Langworthy gears up to serve as a member of Congress. Tracy Lynn, Family Life News. Thank you, Tracy. Republican Mehmet Oz spent nearly $27 million of his reality TV fortune on his failed bid to win the U.S. Senate race in Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Senate contest, the most expensive in the country, costing in excess of $300 million. The growing availability of fentanyl has created a drug crisis in this country. Now, a Pennsylvania law is giving families another tool to prevent fatal overdoses. At issue are test strips which test substances for the presence of fentanyl. This has become especially important because in many cases, fentanyl has been disguised as candy, hidden in other substances, or drug dealers add the synthetic chemical to make marijuana more addictive. Previously, the test strips were classified as drug paraphernalia and therefore were illegal in Pennsylvania. The new law was proposed by Representative Jim Struzzi, whose own brother died of a drug overdose eight years ago. Annually, 5,300 Pennsylvanians die from drug overdoses. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Thank you very much, Greg. Catalytic converter theft remains a huge problem, and now government vehicles are being targeted. In Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania, 10 vehicles that transport meals and elderly residents had their car parts ripped off last week. County Commissioner Alan Hall. There's well over $40,000 worth of damage that's done to the vehicles. The problem is trying to get catalytic converters. You can't even buy them. You know, we have to search the entire country to get them. The county is offering a $5,000 reward for information leading to an arrest. The FBI is offering a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of those responsible for firebombing a pro-life clinic near Buffalo. Back on June 7th, somebody associated with the radical group Jane's Revenge threw a Molotov cocktail at the Compass Care facility in Amherst, the resulting fire caused major damage. So how are schools spending COVID cash? Not very well, according to a new report. New York's five largest school districts have spent only a fraction of the federal pandemic aid they received on improving childhood education. Critics say the districts are failing to use the funds to help with learning loss caused by COVID. Comptroller Tom DiNapoli says none of the big five, New York City, Buffalo, 
Syracuse, Rochester, or Yonkers used more than 2% of the money they received on what it was meant for. That money was approved by Congress to help schools narrow achievement gaps created by the public health crisis. Denapoli says schools across the state are flush with cash, but test scores continue to drop and districts need to keep closer tabs on how education dollars are being spent. Brandon Dixon, Family Life News. Thanks, Brandon. A U.S. Army private from Scranton, Pennsylvania, has been positively identified 77 years after his death in World War II. 25-year-old Francis Martin was killed in action by German troops in January of 1945 while on a convoy that was delivering food rations to the front line. He was buried in a cemetery in France, and now the 25-year-old's new burial site will be Arlington National Cemetery. Today's a day you don't want to go to waste. According to National Geographic, Americans send 64 tons of waste to landfills during their lifetime. Well, today's a day that aims at reducing that amount and encouraging Americans to reuse, as it's National Recycling Day. Started in 1994, this day focuses on reducing disposal of one-time resources and reuse of many of those. So today, look for ways you can reduce waste and check out collection efforts in your own community. Maybe including collection of old batteries, free of charge. Brian Query, Family Life News. Thank you, Brian. Then there were none. No more undefeateds in the NFL. Midday Sports, yours next. Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snavely. Turnovers and mental mistakes can really hurt your team, Bob. And that's what did in the Eagles last night. For the first time this season, Philadelphia lost a game. Falling to Washington 32-24, perhaps the play that was most responsible for the Eagles' loss, an unnecessary roughness penalty on the quarterback with less than two minutes left in the game. Of course, the four turnovers didn't exactly help their cause either. Give the commanders credit, though. They held the ball for more than 40 minutes in this contest, rushing 49 times. So Philly drops to 8-1, Washington now 5-5 on the season. To hockey, four different Islanders lit the lamp as New York doubled up the Senators 4-2. Oliver Wallstrom, Noah Dobson, Jean-Gabriel Paggio, and Brock Nelson all scored goals as the Isles improved to 11-6 on the season. Also skating to wins, Calgary edging L.A. 6-5. Carolina shot out the Blackhawks 3-zip. And it was St. Louis a 3-2 winner over the Avalanche. Major League Baseball honored first-year players last night. And to no one's surprise, Julio Rodriguez from Seattle won the Rookie of the Year award in the American League. The Seattle star won easily over Baltimore catcher Adley Reichman. Stephen Kwan of Cleveland was third. Over in the National League, it was a much closer race between two Atlanta Braves and the everyday player beat out the pitcher as Michael Harris II won the award over Spencer Strider. Brandon Donovan from the Cardinals came in third. That is a look at sports. Thank you, Randy. And still to come on the Noon Report, is it time to move past Trump? Some wintry weather headed our way and rats can dance. A shocking find in Tokyo. Welcome to Breakpoint, daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street.
Last week, in the wake of the Democrats' surprising performance in the midterm elections, there were some indications that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer could be readying the misleadingly named Respect for Marriage Act for a vote. While the name of the bill makes it sound as if the act affirms and supports marriage, instead, it would redefine from the federal legislature what marriage is in law. This bill would firmly root marriage, at least legally speaking, in nothing more than in abstract desires, redefining it from the institution that has offered a bedrock for civilizations by reflecting the biological realities of who men and women are and serving the needs and best interests of children through the legal recognition of mothers and fathers. It would also shore up and extend the impact of Obergefell v. Hodges, the landmark Supreme Court decision that overturned marriage laws in dozens of states, enshrined same-sex marriage as the law of the land, and redefined the institution of marriage by judicial fiat. The Respect for Marriage Act is the product of fear from the political left. In the Dobbs decision, the Supreme Court ruled that Roe v. Wade was wrongly decided and returned the task of abortion lawmaking to the states. The fear here is that a conservative Supreme Court could do the same thing to Obergefell, overturn it, although only one justice has indicated a willingness to do that so far, which would then send the question of same-sex marriage back to states. If this bill can find the support of 10 Republicans in the Senate who share this fuzzy view of marriage, it would pass, securing the federal government's claim on marriage and creating even less room in public life for people who object to redefine marriage. In other words, this bill would create more situations, like that of Jack Phillips, Baronel Stutzman, and Lori Smith. Five Republican senators have already indicated that they will support the bill, Portman, Tillis, Collins, Murkowski, and Johnson. Reportedly, at least another six or so are on the fence. Senators Romney, Collins, and Baldwin have proposed an amendment supposedly to alleviate fears about religious liberty. But don't be fooled. Their additions would only protect clergy, not businesses, not nonprofit organizations, or others whose viewpoint on marriage being between a man and a woman will be left unprotected. Even more, this bill would further enable the redefinition of marriage to include relational arrangements beyond what Obergefell created. Obergefell took marriage from a sexually diverse institution to a same-sex institution. At that time, the T for transgender was largely absent from the orientation and identity acronym. Now, the T runs the show. And the very idea of a gender binary is seen as oppressive, outdated, and harmful. Throughout this bill, it is the LGBTQ community that's referred to, which means that if this bill passes, marriage would become a gender-less institution by the force of law. This would harm children and further confuse reality. People of faith and conscience must act. The next best step, with the short amount of time we have on our hands, is to call your senators, especially if they're Republicans, especially if they've not been clear on where they stand on the Respect for Marriage Act. If you're in a state with Senators Blunt, Burr, Capito, Grassley, Johnson, Romney, Tillis, or Young, please be especially sure to contact them. Please call their offices. Remind them that political convenience is not worth the cultural persecution that this will bring, and that the Romney, Collins, and Baldwin Amendment is the worst kind of capitulation. It would not protect the viewpoint that marriage is between a man and a woman other than for clergy. Remind them that they were elected to protect the conscience rights of their constituents. Remind them that you expect them to vote by conscience and not for convenience. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. For more resources on how to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, please visit colsoncenter.org. 22 past the hour, Kevin Williams next. Good afternoon. Here is your family life weather forecast for this afternoon. Cloudy. Some snow mixed with raindrops will start to spread into parts of Pennsylvania near and south of I-35. 
uh, 80. Temperatures peaking in the 30s and low 40s. Snow tonight will taper to snow showers and rain showers tomorrow. Many of us can expect an inch or two. Low temps tonight near the freeze point. The high tomorrow near just over 40. Thursday, heavy lake snow developing in western New York. Variable clouds, sun and flurries elsewhere. High temperatures, 30s and lower 40s. All right, Kevin Williams, thank you. We will keep you updated throughout the day, folks, as this uh, storm approaches from the south. Looks like uh, winter will be sticking a while, around for a while. Uh, this is the Noon Report, and I'm Bob Price. Lots happening Tuesday, the 15th of November. Donald Trump announces his future political plans in a speech at 9 o'clock tonight from his home in Florida, NBC's Garrett Hay. The former president's been teasing this announcement almost since the moment he left the White House in 2021, including posting on social media overnight that he thinks this will go down as one of the most important days in history. The Trump announcement at Mar-a-Lago comes as a great debate unfolds within the Republican Party over who their next leader will be. Donald Trump kept saying, and we're going to be winning so much, we'll get tired of winning. I'm tired of losing. I mean, that's all he's done. Many Republicans blame Trump for last week's midterm losses. I think President Trump was a uh, an albatross uh, on the electoral prospects of some of our candidates. Former Vice President Mike Pence interviewed by ABC News on the future of Trump and the Republican Party. Do you believe that Donald Trump should ever be president again? I think that's up to the American people. But I think we'll have better choices in the future. As 2024 begins to take shape, so too is 2022. A week out from Election Day and Republicans now just a win away from retiring Nancy Pelosi as House Speaker. The GOP expected to begin electing new leaders today, and they are anything but unified on that front. Missouri Senator Josh Howley. We need good, strong, independent leadership that actually listens to voters and doesn't just listen to the Washington lobby. And I'll just tell you, when it comes to the GOP, the Washington Republicanism that cares more about Wall Street than it does about working people, it's time for that to come to an end. Both Mitch McConnell in the Senate and Kevin McCarthy in the House expected to face challenges within their own party when those leadership posts come up for a vote. Russian rockets rain down today on civilian targets in Ukraine in the capital, Kiev. Three apartment buildings bombed. Still, former CIA chief Dan Hoffman says momentum is on the side of the Ukrainians. Ukraine is going to take this fight to the finish. Russia has slaughtered too many Ukrainian civilians for Ukraine to stop before evicting Russia from Ukraine's territory. Ukraine's president addressing world leaders at the G20 today. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby. He still has territory he wants to take back. It's his country. He has every right to do that. Uh, but he's also interested in pursuing what he calls a just peace. Eventually, you know, finding a way that, to end this war through a diplomatic solution. In a virtual speech in Indonesia, Volodymyr Zelensky said now is the time to push for peace after Russia's defeat in Kherson. Ukraine's president compares the retaking of Kherson to the Allied landing in France on D-Day. And in a video address to the G20 summit, Vladimir Zelensky said while the fight to drive Russia out of his country continues, global power should keep the pressure on Moscow to bring a just end to the war. Correspondent Stephen Portnoy, Google has agreed to pay 40 states 
$392 million in the largest privacy lawsuit of its kind in U.S. history. Google was found guilty of illegally tracking the location of users. The tech giant uses the personal data it collects to target commercials for you on your cell phone. Well, a trip to the grocery store remains an expensive endeavor. Things are not on sale as much as they used to be. Fruits and vegetables have gone way up. The government reporting today that prices at the wholesale level were up 8% in October. Mark Hamrick with Bankrate.com says the news was better than expected. However, it cannot be said yet that inflation has gone away. In fact, inflation is still running at levels we haven't seen in this country in 40 years. It's 27 past the hour. This is the Noon Report. Welcome back to another edition of Hometown Heroes on Family Life. I'm Mark Webster, and this week's guest is Theo Braddy from Lower Paxton Township, Pennsylvania, a longtime advocate for people with disabilities and newly appointed to the President's National Council on Disability. He begins by describing a paralyzing football accident at age 15. My accident that left me a, a C4, C5 quadriplegic. People can relate that to Christopher Reeve, a Superman who had his accident. Everybody know what that looks like. My injury was pretty much the same as his. So tell me about how you came to be at the Center for Independent Living in Central PA. That's a crazy story there. I graduated in 1988. I got a job at the Mental Health Association, a public affairs director. My first job. I love that job. And one of the first things I learned from some of my mentors is while you're doing your job, you should always volunteer. And so I volunteered on this group that was working to write a grant and create the first Center for Independent Living in Pennsylvania. The concept behind independent living really intrigued me, but I still knew nothing about what a Center for Independent Living is all about. So I started doing research and I came across Ed Roberts, who is now known as the father of independent living. He became my mentor. We put on our first conference and it was called Becoming Your Own Best Advocate. You've seen and taken part in a lot of huge changes. We did some amazing things as a Center for Independent Living in Central Pennsylvania. We created the Chair Ride Program, which established a Chair Ride Program for seniors and people with disabilities in 66 counties of Pennsylvania. You know, we can't pick up a phone and call a cab like a person without a disability can. We can't call Uber. So we had to create a program that allowed us to function and work just like anyone else can. So you um, headed up the Center for Independent Living for 30 years. You retired, but you didn't head off into the sunset by any means. You've been a consultant. And now tell me a bit about this new appointment. What sorts of things are you hoping to advocate for now that you have this national platform? If you're going to provide a service to people without disabilities, that same exact service should also be provided to people with disabilities. If it isn't, then discrimination and oppression is occurring. Housing is another one. Healthcare equity is another one. In my lifetime, we will remove most of the physical barriers. We have ramps, we have elevators, we have accessible parking spaces. The problem is the attitudinal barriers. That is more difficult. That is a mindset that has been socialized and conditioned over a long period of time. And there's a lot of discrimination and oppression that goes on that nobody sees. That's Theo Braddy from Lower Paxton Township, Pennsylvania, a longtime advocate for people with disabilities and newly appointed to the President's National Council on Disability. 
Please join us again next week as we search for your home, your town, your hero. It's Hometown Heroes on Family Life. Thank you very much, Mark Webster. Hometown Heroes comes your way every Tuesday at noon or online anytime at FamilyLife.org. Just look for the news icon on the podcast page. Good afternoon. Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Looks like winter-like weather is locking in. An area of low pressure will deliver an area-wide snow tonight with minor accumulations. In its wake, modified Arctic air will arrive later this week, turning on the Lake Effect snow machine. And our friends in the Buffalo area can expect some serious snowfall in the days ahead. In the meantime, for this afternoon, cloudy. Some snow mixed with raindrops will start to spread into parts of Pennsylvania near and south of I-80. Temperatures peaking in the 30s and low 40s. Snow tonight will taper to snow showers and rain showers tomorrow. Many of us can expect an inch or two. Low temps tonight near the freeze point. The high tomorrow near just over 40. Thursday, heavy lake snow developing in western New York. Variable clouds, sun, and flurries elsewhere. High temperatures, 30s and lower 40s. All right. Thank you, Kevin. I think. Get ready, folks. Here it comes. Finally, noon. Rats can really boogie-woogie. Yeah, rats. Japanese researchers have found that rats love music and love to groove to the sound of music. Scientists in Tokyo played Lady Gaga music for rats and discovered they exhibit an innate ability to recognize and move to various rhythms. The rats were found to bob their heads to the rhythm of the beat. It doesn't matter what kind of beat either. Researchers found rats boogie-woogie to the beat of music by Michael Jackson, the group Queen, and even Mozart. The dancing rats in Tokyo. And that's the world we live in. Tuesday, the 15th of November. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News. You've been listening to The Noon Report, heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.